Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. JT DeVolt with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday. We're coming together to talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you each and every single Wednesday by flywithjt.com. That is flywithjt.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, and stay connected to everything we're doing here in the high-altitude community. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road. We're going to be doing uh, some live trainings coming up pretty soon, as well as some uh, you know, some pretty cool announcements. So get yourself over to flywithjt.com. Stay connected to what's going on there in the high-altitude community, and don't miss out. I want to talk to you today about a very important methodology that you can implement right now to not just increase your results, but to actually boost your performance across the board, whether it's your business, your career, your life. And I don't like to overgeneralize and make it sound like this is just some cookie-cutter approach to anything. But for the leaders and the high achievers out there, you know what it's like to arm wrestle with the big stuff, almost, if not daily. If it's not daily, it's almost daily. And what I'm talking about, and what you probably relate to, are those big projects that you're either in charge of or a contributor to. The daunting tasks that show up on your to-do list every day. The important missions that you've undertaken. You're in it to win it, and you're playing for keeps. And because of that, it, it's very impactful. It's a, it's, a, it's a heavy load to bear on the shoulder. And while it could be very easy to watch other people, whether it's a person, an individual, or a team, achieve big victories and you can think to the yourself you're thinking man how do they do it they must be special there must be something about them maybe they were born with it maybe it's in their dna maybe there's something about you know how they put they're put together that allows them to be able to pull off these big wins but here's the important thing i want you to think about let's step back and consider how they did it let's take a step back and look at what some of the highest performing teams do to create sustainable and almost consistent, or I should say almost uh, predictable success. When you look at this, you can begin to see how you can duplicate it in your own business, your own career, and your own life. Recently uh, finished the book, The Obstacle is the Way. In fact, I finished it a while back, but I, was, I picked up an article, and uh, it was written by uh, Ryan Holiday, who of course is the bestseller of, of what I think is a true masterpiece, um, the, the Obstacle is the Way. And he describes in the book what he calls the process. And essentially it's a methodology that is traced back to Alabama head football coach Nick Saban. Now if you follow college football, you know that Alabama is perhaps one of the most dominant dynasties ever in the history of college football. One of the most successful and impressive programs in all of college sports. And what's interesting about it is the way coach Nick Saban approaches the profession of coaching and how he approaches working with his players to develop this sustainable and and almost predictable success. 
But what's interesting is Nick Saban didn't come up with this on his own. He actually learned it from a psychology professor by the name of Lionel Rosen back when he was the head coach at Michigan State. Now, I'm not going to go through his whole coaching, uh, you know, journey, but basically he started off at Michigan State, went on to LSU, went on to the NFL to coach the Miami Dolphins, and then came back to the college ranks to coach at uh, University of Alabama. So he's been using this methodology throughout his entire career, and he's established a lot of success along the way. Now, essentially the process focuses on two really important things, the preparation and the hard work. It focuses on that as opposed to obsessing over the outcomes and the results. And if you followed the High Altitude Mentorship Show long enough or Red Flight Plan of Success, you know that I'm a big proponent for not focusing, or I should say not obsessing over the results. Any great success you've ever had in your life likely didn't come from obsessing over the results. You were probably in some state of flow or some state of, of great focus on the process that, to get you there. If you've ever written a book, you know it's not about thinking about publishing the book and becoming a bestseller. It's about writing one page at a time. It's about getting those words down. It's about letting the, the, the story or the message or the whatever it is flow through you to create a great experience for the reader. It's not about the outcome. It's not about the result. But if you focus on doing the great stuff, the, the, the small things, you focus on doing those well, then the outcomes do come. And we're going to talk about how that actually works today. So we're going to talk about this process, and I want you to consider how this applies to your career. So whether you're a leader, whether you're part of a team, most everybody that comes and listens to the How To Mentorship Show identifies as a leader. But uh, whether you're running your own business, helping somebody run theirs, uh, whether you're leading a family, whether you're leading a team, whether you're leading your community, know that this process of high performance can work for you. In fact, yesterday at uh, my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash flywitchat, I actually posted a link to this Ryan Holiday article. But I'm just going to go ahead and say that what you're going to hear today, you can learn by reading his book, The Obstacle is the Way. There's, there's a part in there where he talks about Nick Saban. I'm going to kind of break this down and give you my take on it because I think it's important for us to, to be able to dissect what we learn as opposed to just regurgitating what somebody taught us. The first part of the process is to break down the big or the complicated missions into smaller pieces, smaller, more manageable pieces. Now, in the book, he talks about how uh, you know, Nick Saban looks at a football game. A football game, the game of football in and of itself is a very complex thing. But if you break it down into smaller chunks, smaller pieces, then it becomes much more manageable. If you've read Flight Plan to Success, you know I talk about the process of breaking down your, your, your big missions into smaller chunks and working your way backwards from success. And I like that methodology because to me, when you work your way backwards from success, you begin with the end in mind. And what happens with that, just like Stephen Covey taught, when you begin with the end in mind, now what it is is your brain is starting to wrap itself around and calibrate the actions that you come up with around that outcome that you want. But it's not about obsessing over the outcome. It's about breaking it into smaller pieces to get yourself there. Think of it like, like uh, stepping stones or legs of a journey. If you're going to drive cross-country from, say, San Diego, California to New York City, the last thing in the world you're going to think about is, well, New York, New York, New York, New York, New York, right? You're not just going to be thinking about the East Coast. You're going to be thinking about how far you can drive the first day, where you're going to have to stop for fuel, where you might have to stop to rest or you know, get yourself, you know, use the restroom, whatever, get something to eat. And you don't think about the entire trip because that could be very daunting. In fact, it could be tiresome and, and, and kind of wear you down. You think about where you need to go next. 
I remember back in 2012 when I ran my first marathon, 26.2 miles, my only marathon to this date. To think about running 26.2 miles, even though I had trained for it, was something that was very overwhelming. And certainly around mile 13 or 14, my body started to kind of break down. My legs and back were cramping up. It was awful. And from there, I had to just think about running from fence post to fence post or uh, power, power, uh, power line to power line. And what's interesting about that is, is that when you take that approach about breaking big, complicated things into smaller tasks, it becomes much more manageable. You can actually wrap your head around it, and you don't become overwhelmed. It allows you to put better action into making forward progress. You're much more focused. You're much more, much more on purpose. And you sort of weed out all the stuff that you, you, you really can't control so that you can focus on the things that you can control. Now, the next part to this, and this really goes into the planning phase of your mission, is to establish clearly defined standards and expectations. It would be very difficult to expect anybody to be able to run a marathon 26.2 miles in an hour. In fact, I think the world record is somewhere just north of two hours. I'm not quite sure what that is. Somebody out there probably knows the answer to that. But I do know the Kenyans, <laughs> the Kenyan racers, the professional racers from Kenya, do hold the world record. And it's got to be somewhere around two hours and 20 minutes or something like that. It's, it's an, an alarmingly fast pace. But to hold an expectation for a first-time marathoner to try to break that kind of record, it's setting yourself up for failure. On the other hand, if you establish the standards where you say, hey, I'm going to run, I'm going to walk the hills, I'm gonna, you, you make up the rules for yourself, and you set a target, now what you've done is set yourself up for success. And the same thing applies to business. If you're saying to yourself, hey, we're going to crush all of our sales records this year, but you don't have sales records to go to, you're, first start, you're just starting out, then all of a sudden what happens is, is you start getting yourself into a position where you're stocking the shelves with disappointment. Instead of looking at something that you can do well, setting yourself up for calibrated expectations and surprising yourself or being able to adjust yourself back to something that's more manageable, now what you've done is given yourself this huge burden to bear, this huge weight on your shoulders. So it's more important to be able to set clearly defined standards for yourself. Hey, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to give my best effort. I'm going to improve every single day. But be clear about that. It's a little general, but I want you to be clear and specific about what your standards are. And then set expectations that allow you to grow, that allow you to improve. It's not about hitting a home run on the very first swing, the very first pitch that's thrown at you. It's about being able to, to put yourself in a position to improve and to grow each phase of the mission. Now, the next part is to focus only on what you can control and focus on only what you can manage. This is big for leaders because as a leader, you're going to be the person that's guiding your team, guiding your organization, or guiding yourself. And if we're constantly worried about all the stuff that hasn't happened or may not happen, then we've wasted energy that cannot be applied towards taking a positive action to get where we want to go. So, for instance, back to the road trip analogy. If you're setting off and you, you just started driving from San Diego, and you're worried about the weather in Wichita, Kansas, and you say, well, eventually we're going to have to drive through Wichita, if that's the way your path is taking you, and you just heard that they're, they're having you know, a lot of rain in Wichita, that weather might change by the time you get to Wichita. In fact, maybe you find a better route and you go around the weather. This is certainly the case in aviation. One of the big reasons why we would have uh, so many briefs before the flight, before the mission, was so that we were as mentally prepared as we could be and we had the 
mental airspace to be creative to come up with solutions. So if we got a weather brief and we knew there was going to be, you know, maybe a thunderstorm along our flight, flight you know, our path, flight path, then we knew that we could either adjust our flight plan around that or ask air traffic control to, to give us, you know, maneuvering around that weather. The point is this, is that if we're focused on all the stuff that's out of our control, if we say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe the weather's going to be bad, we cannot control the weather. It's just not something we can do. But we can control how we manage our flight plan around the weather around the obstacles. In business, it's the exact same way. We have no idea what the market's going to do. It's very easy to try to prognosticate, you know, what's the stock market, what's the real estate market, what's the precious metals market, what are those going to do? What's the economy going to do? Is the economy going to tank? Is it going to continue to be strong? What's the U.S. dollar going to do against, you know, gold or against the, the yen or against all these other, you know, the euro? What, what about Bitcoin? We start thinking about all these things that are outside of our control instead of focusing on what we can actually manage and what we can actually control. So be careful that as a leader, you're not getting yourself spread too thin mentally, psychologically, emotionally, energetically, where you're focused on the things that don't directly control or you don't directly control within the confines or the, or the um, parameters of your mission. Focus only on what you can control and on what you can manage. Remember this. It's about staying in the moment. If whatever you're doing right now, you do at your best, then you will succeed. You will move forward. It's about staying focused on what it is you're working on right now. This is why when in Flight School to Success, the program I teach, I talk about focus. And one of the primary things in focus to develop better mental focus is to stop multitasking. Now, I have railed against this. I bristle at the concept of multitasking. People still do it. They think it's some sort of a badge of honor. Hey, I'm a great multitasker. And the answer is no, you're not. You're delusional. To believe that anybody, human beings, are incapable, physiologically it is incapable for our brains to multitask. Now, you might be very good at switching from task to task, and that's possible. But to think that you can do two or three things at once and do them well is a farce. And it's actually killing you. It's, a, it's something that uh, impacts your health in a very negative sense. So staying focused on one task at a time and, and doing it well, putting the best effort you can into that one task that you're doing, even if it's taking out the trash. If you focus on that one task, doing it well, you get through it much more quickly, much more efficiently, and much more accurately. So stay in the moment, do what you're doing well, and then move forward. The last thing I'll say about the process is that it's all about the finish, but it's not about the end. So what that means is, is that we're here to complete things. Have you ever opened up a book, started to read it, and then put the book down never to finish it? If that's the case for you, and it might be or may not be, you're like 57% of people. 57% of the people that start a book never finish it very interesting. That's why I like to offer my audio book, the audio version of Flight, uh, Flight Plan to Success, because most people will listen to it again and again and again on loop. Not only do I get to read it to them, but they actually get the experience of going through the entire book. Now, my point to this is, is that if you're going to accomplish the mission, it's about completion. It's about start to finish. And when we break things down, the bigger things, the more complicated things, into smaller, more manageable tasks, and we establish clearly defined standards and expectations, then we can march forward. We can take that purposeful action by focusing only on what's within our control and staying in the moment and doing that task well. The only other thing to do is to keep showing up and doing it again and again and again until we complete the mission. 
because the finish is extremely important. Not the end, not the result. It's the completion. It's running across the finish line. It's not the medal. It's not the trophy. It's not the accolades. It's the act of completing the marathon of life or the marathon of business or whatever it is that you're currently working on. Success is a road, my friend, and we have to take it one step at a time. If we get distracted by the scoreboard, if we get distracted by what the opponent's doing or what our competition is doing, if we get distracted on how long it's taking, if we get distracted by how much money's in the bank account and we allow those things to drive our actions, then all of a sudden we are at the mercy of those things. We've become a victim of the circumstance. Or we can be in charge. We can maintain control. And that's a decision we have each and every single time. One thing that I remember reading there in that article uh, by Ryan Holiday was he said something very profound. He said, being trapped is just a position. It's not a fate. As a leader, if you ever find yourself feeling overwhelmed, feeling stuck, go back to this process. To get out of a bind, you do it through not through pushing back, not trying to overpower things, not trying to, to out-muscle the problem. You do it by thinking critically, slowing down and taking it piece by piece, step by step, and saying, okay, how can we maneuver our way out of this? How can we begin to get leverage over it? It's about doing what you must do, what must be done right now. Stay the course, trust the process, and the results will come. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com and download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you next week.